Welcome everyone to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, December 8th, 2022. And folks, it is basketball season. Football is dead. Goodbye. Sayonara. Not to the Green Wave, but to the other teams. Farewell and on to the Pelicans. This is a basketball city now, as far as uh, I can remember, it always has been. <laughs> I've had, this was the officially the week where like random people that I know and like people in my office just all of a sudden started being like, well, the Pelicans are really good, huh? What are you, like, let's chat about the Pelicans. I'm like, well, all right. Well, I guess this is a thing now. Um, yeah. It's the time of year where you're going to be talking to your neighbors about the Pelicans. Yes. That's weird. Yeah. You never get to do that. Not in December. That's for damn sure. <sighs> it yeah. is December. It is. And it feels like it. we're doing this episode from the hot tub. <laughs> it is a nice, crisp 82 outside. <laughs> With like 90% humidity. You know what's weird? No one in the neighborhood really has Christmas decorations up. Yeah. I don't know how it is in, in your neck of the woods. I live in Kidland, so there's Christmas stuff everywhere. I mean, there was Halloween stuff all up and down yeah. the streets around here, but it just doesn't feel like Christmas when I'm wearing Lieutenant Dangle shorts <laughs> going to work every morning. <laughs> I mean, it genuinely does feel like mid-September. Yeah. I was just like swaying. I was like, what's going on here, man? I've walked six blocks. It's December outside. I'm wearing shorts and flippy floppies, and <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now. But I mean, I guess you can't complain. You know, a lot of places it's like dark and gray and dreary. At least here it's sunny. Yeah. It's like you can wear a t-shirt. but It's, it's still dreary, but it's sunny. It's, just, yeah, it's dreary because of the people, not because of the weather. We haven't done an episode in a while, it feels like, like a week and a half, two weeks, something like that. I think it's been at least two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we've been back since Thanksgiving. Who yeah. knows? I don't it's been It's been a minute, for sure. A lot of stuff has happened yeah, in you, the sports world. You were in Florida for how long? I was in Florida for four or five days. Okay. I swam with the manatees. Uh-huh. That's what I'm calling the citizens of Florida. <laughs> I went to, I did the Florida Trio. Bucky's. Well, that was in Alabama. Sure. I went to Bucky's. Uh-huh. I saw a good friend of mine at Bucky's from Ruston. It's the meeting place. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the center point of uh, our universe. Yeah. You get, uh, we met in the beef jerky aisle. Our hands <laughs> grazed one another. Uh, but I did the Florida trio, Bucky's, Wawa, Publix. Nice. It was beautiful. Did you get sandwiches from all of them? Fruit, yes. <laughs> what was their power rankings? Um, Publix all day, number one. Okay. I don't know. Wawa could take it because like if you're high or something, Wawa is easy to navigate. Publix is still a huge grocery store. They do have the pickup option, which I utilized. Of course, I got the chicken finger sub Mm -hmm. and then there was an additional sandwich. I didn't realize that they put the two things in separate bags on the online pickup order station. So I left with one sub, which was huge. So I thought it was two. <laughs> and then I had to turn around and go back. 
That's too tough. much Crescent Canna. <laughs> I'm just freewheeling, driving around Legoland, Florida. <laughs> Did you go to a theme park? No. <laughs> that was discussed like six months ago when the trip began taking place. And then we're like, oh, it's $500 to go to any theme park at all. Yeah. Yeah. So we we did not do that. We swam with the manatees, literally, and then you know we smoked some cigarettes. And that <laughs> yeah. was that was sounds, the whole vacation. <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> with the manatees, put them in their blowholes. <laughs> they don't have blowholes. Yeah, it's uh, it sounds lovely. Uh, they came right up to you. Yeah, and then uh, I I I read online via our Twitter account uh, that you went to see Tom York. Yeah, that was last night. How did that go? That was insane. He's I can old as shit, huh? Uh, I would say he's probably the later end of fifty, maybe. Is he really? Maybe. I thought he was like eighty. No. Why do I think he's so old? The first uh, I popular of Mick Jagger. <laughs> All these British people with wonky faces. The first Radiohead album that was popular came out in 95. Okay. So he was probably born in 75-ish. Yeah. That's okay. not crazy old. No, that's not crazy old. He's probably... I don't thought he was like as old as like Graham Parker. I don't know why I thought he was so old. I, I would think he's in his mid-50s. his name makes me think that. Where was it? Uh, it was at the Orpheum. Was it packed? Kind of, but not as much as you think it would be for the lead singer of Radiohead. Yeah. It wasn't Radiohead, obviously. It was sure. Tom York's new band, but Johnny Greenwood, the guitar player for Radiohead, was in it. Yeah. It was fantastic. The opening act was the flute scene from Anchorman. <laughs> it was a joke. It was absurd. <laughs> but, you know, like, I get it. Like, this guy is very artistic. Sure. He is doing he is doing something outside of the norm. It fits with what Tom York is doing in New Orleans. Yeah. When you are playing to 600 uh-huh. khaki short people drinking yep. uh, spiked iced teas. Mm-hmm. They yeah. had about five minutes worth of patience for this guy, and then it was <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> the bar line was just backed up like a wedding ceremony <laughs> it was it was crazy though i if that had been in any other city in america there would have been twice the number of people there i don't i don't know if it was sold out it didn't seem like it was that's crazy man i i didn't even know about it to be honest yeah and i that's probably an issue yeah that like you know the target the marketing to guys in their late 30s who listen to radiohead I don't listen to a lot of radio. Right. Obviously, I thought Tom York was 30 years older than he is. <laughs> um, but I know who he is, and I knew that, uh, you know, I had no idea he was in town. No, it was, it was a killer show. Not that I would have gone anyway. Yeah, well, it was a weekday. Yeah. It was, you know, Tuesday. That's normally when we record. The only thing you can get us to not record is the most influential singer of all time. <laughs> For indie rock. <laughs> For indie rock, yes. Yeah, Radiohead was like headlining festivals and stuff not that long ago. And they've played here a good bit, too. Yeah. I get, and maybe just came here as like a favor. A favor? Just like Emmanuel Macron. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I saw him bumbling around Frenchman Street. Yeah, it's good enough for Emmanuel Macron. I guess it's good enough for... Uh, for Radiohead. I was down there Friday. I did a show at Dragon's Den. Okay. And they have 
you know, he took a walk down Frenchman Street and the NOPD was just like standing around like smoking cigars in a circle. There were like six guys <laughs> in front of Dat Dog smoking. And then it's like the French president is going to be walking down the street and he's going to get literally bum rushed mm-hmm. by the people outside of Checkpoint Charlie's. Yeah. They're going to hit him with a padlock and a sock <laughs> and it's going to be an international incident. And meanwhile, the NOPD is playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> Did he buy any fake weed while he was down there? Do we know? Do we have that confirmed? Uh, yeah, that it is crazy to think that like the president of France, and I guess France isn't that like powerful of a country anymore or whatever, but like the concept of Joe Biden or <clears throat> Donald Trump just walking through Frenchman Street at night is yeah. so like beyond my wildest imaginations. And then this guy's just like walking on through. Yeah. And maybe we were being monitored at a level we didn't realize it, but it really seemed like anybody was just bumbling around. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they shut down front. Like if if the United States president had to come to Frenchman Street, they would be nobody else on Frenchman Street. Yeah. They closed the interstate when he flies <laughs> into the airport. Like that's the level of difference in security. Um but, you know, I guess nobody gives a crap about the French president or that I have money to just, like, shut down the whole world, you know? Yeah, I couldn't really gauge public response. There were French tourists all around. Uh, I got some time to kind of get a lay for the land in the hour I was waiting for my hot dog at that dog. <laughs> Don't worry, it was only $26. <laughs> But there were like a lot of French uh, tourists. Sponsor, that dog. <laughs> I mean, we could run ads for them to hire more people. <laughs> that might help them out. But there were a lot of French tourists around. Maybe they, you know, sure. Maybe there were people that follow Joe Biden around, like Biden groupies. Yeah, I don't know. Just a bunch of old guys. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> the Bidenmaniacs. Yes. Going to different ice cream shops across America. Eating egg creams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking egg creams. I suppose. Yes. Licking people's hair. Eating egg creams. <laughs> sniffing stuff. All the stuff you do when you follow a president. What did you do? The butterscotch candy lobby. Um. I didn't do much, man. I got three kids. This is what I do. Yeah. I watched those three kids. Everybody in my house got sick uh, over the course of the last two weeks, so that's been exciting. We've all kind of gone in and out of it. I handled it the worst of everyone in my family, Mm -hmm. you know? Five-year-old, dealt with it. He was whiny, but he was okay. Baby, fine. Wife, like, powered through it. Oh, yeah. Me, I was like, oh, my God, I feel so bad. I can't even move. <laughs> like, laying on the, like, you know, like a starfish on the bed. I was like, this is the worst day of my life. Uh, That's the voice Kanye West was using <laughs> on. And just, you know, I have no toughness when it comes to being sick. It's so miserable. Just like, remember when I felt good? I get, like. I get like nostalgic for when I wasn't. (laughs) You're yearning for a better time. Oh God. I just remember not being sick and how great it felt. Um, But anyway, we got through it. Everybody's through it. Uh, I went to the two lane game on Saturday. What a fricking scene that was, man. The, uh, it was, it felt like an sec football game. Now the stadium is obviously significantly smaller, but like 
It was packed. It was loud. The students were like super into it, stayed the whole game, and then we stormed the field. That was crazy. It was wild. It was just wild seeing a Tulane game on ESPN or ABC, whatever yeah, it was Yeah, it was on ABC. Yeah. And Tulane played great. They totally deserved it. And it was been a, it was such a weird week with Willie Fritz where it looked like he was leaving to go to Georgia Tech and he decided to stay. And it was the biggest game. And, you know, I've watched a ton of Tulane football. You sure have. In, since 2008 when I started covering them again. Uh, I, you know, I've probably missed less than 10 home games since then, which is there have not been a lot of good games, you know, in that you know, fifteen year stretch. It has not been great and uh and it was just a lot of fun. Everybody was kinda of bought in. I'm hoping, you know, it carries over a little bit into next year that it becomes a little bit more of a thing. But the difference of the first week of the season where literally it was like me my kids, one of my friends, and we were the only people in the section at kickoff yeah. versus uh, in this game where like you couldn't even move. People were losing their children. There was too many people there. Like, <laughs> it was uh, it was great, man. It really was a lot of fun, and it felt very good. And congrats to Tulane, and, and I got to meet a couple listeners at uh, Tailgate, which was fun. Some people came up to me. Um, so that was wonderful as well. So if you're listening to this, uh, it was very nice to meet everybody and talk to everybody. Um, so yeah, man, it was great. I, uh, I really do hope. And then I'm hoping to go to the cotton bowl, but you know, life is hard to get. That's that. in, so, uh, Dallas or Arlington. January 2nd at noon, which is just weird. Yeah. It's just weird. I know it's like technically the day you observe new year's cause it's a new year's on Sunday, mm-hmm. but it's like, is Anybody not like the world is going to be working on January. 7th. Yeah, no one's observing anything. <laughs> yeah, it's like everyone's going to be like having been off for a week for Christmas. Like, yeah, you're going to work on Monday. Yeah, they're going to be observing their inbox with ten thousand emails. Going, <laughs> all right, I'll do that in February. Except here, yeah, here nobody will be working. They should play the game here. Yeah, in Dallas, they'll be everyone will just be at work. That's going to be fun. They're playing USC. Yeah. They're currently is, a one-point favorite. That's wild, isn't it? That's crazy. I mean, I mean, considering where this team was a year ago, considering where this team was every year ago, yeah. for the most part, yeah. I mean, Tulane fans have earned it. You've certainly earned it. I yeah. mean, not that long ago, you were playing Frisbee, <laughs> hide-and-go-seek. In the Every Saturday, you'd be like, hey, Polk, want to come to the game? I'm coaching. <laughs> I literally would be like, I have 40 tickets I could give away. <laughs> Anybody would like yeah, to Yeah, do you want to go with the Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> to the game? The beers were $3. It's across the street from your house. You're like, ah, I don't know, man. I bet they've raised the prices nope. a little bit. $3 beers. Man. Now, I do think they'll uh, have to raise the season ticket prices from, you know, I think I paid $80 mm-hmm. this year, so that'll probably go up a little bit. <laughs> um, but it was great. I'm very happy for Tulane. Happy for me. Uh, it was fun. Because football, uh, uh, when it's bad, it's fucking bad. And Monday was like, I felt like I was working Monday. I felt worse than working. I felt like I was in prison. I um, <laughs> I spent a good 10 minutes on Monday trying to remember what the previous Saints game, who that was against. <laughs> I just mentally blocked it. I was the like, I, game? yeah, I was like, I know they didn't score. <laughs> I was like, it wasn't the Raiders because that was the one that we won. Uh-huh. I was going through <laughs> that. Like you could see the wheels spinning in my head. I just had no idea. 
Yeah, man. It's a mental block because this team is abusive. And this is my coping mechanism. Yes. I block it out and I move on. Yeah. I, I honestly don't want to spend that much time talking about them today. The Pelicans have been playing so well. I think we'll have I think we have a lot more to talk about with them, honestly. But we should start with the Saints because their season is dead. Yeah. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. What season- are you gonna do with your Sundays now? That's the question. <laughs> but here's the thing, I have no life, so I'm going to be watching them anyway, because <laughs> I am gonna be home. And so I am gonna have the Saints on the T V. It's just I will uh, hopefully care a little bit less, but I, I hate this team. I hate almost everything about them with the, with the notable exceptions of Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, and Rashid Shahid. I think I hate everyone on the team. That's a, that's a lot of players. <laughs> I think I hate a lot of I, coaches. I kind of like Taysom, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I guess Chris Olave is okay, but he pisses me off too sometimes. Dude, everyone else is just, they just look like they either don't care, they don't try, they don't, there just feels like there's no respect at all for the team itself in this entire roster, and it's so different from so many Saints teams, especially recently, where Sean Payton was, it felt like at least, getting a pretty consistent effort week to week, and this is just like, these guys make tons of mistakes, the same mistakes every week they do impossibly dumb shit nobody seems to really be concerned by it um and then they go out and the defense played great uh and then of course they just blew it and they blew it in such a spectacular fashion that i think it exposed all the things that we've said about this team for basically the entirety of the season mm-hmm. it exposed all of it in such a condensed period of time about how stupid how badly coached they are how stupid they are how much they don't give a shit how unaccountable they are and it all happened in the span of like 15 minutes it was beautiful it was like an opus it feels like when dennis allen gets up there it could just be the post game for any game this season yes it's like in a movie where they like loop the security camera over and over yes so they think nothing is happening but there's a lot happening (laughs) you could not tell the difference between one game to the next he's a robot man he is he's got nothing for them and you can just see how little they respect him it feels painfully obvious how little they respect him. Alan Kamara is mailing it in more than any NFL player. Did you player see I've his ever... face on the sidelines? More than any NFL player I've ever seen? He wishes he was back in that elevator. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen NBA players mail it in pretty hard. I've seen baseball players mail it in. I've never seen an NFL football player so obviously just not care. And he just doesn't care. He makes $20 million. I don't know. It's nuts. That's a guy who was like the leader of the team or whatever, like a thing that, uh, like a, a guy who matters. Uh, it's incredible. He's so emblematic of everything that's wrong with them. Marshawn Lattimore's missed like nine weeks for some weird abdominal injury. I just don't think he wants to play. Yeah. And that, you know, that that's what we said about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas had a little more of an excuse, you know. I guess this team's spirit has been broken yeah. by Dennis Allen. Yes, the culture has shifted; yes. it has changed 
possibly irreversibly. Yeah. They play like a team, like a Jacksonville Jaguars a few years ago, like yeah. Carolina Panthers currently. Mm-hmm. They're playing like a loser franchise. And the Saints haven't been a loser franchise in a long time. And a lot of that was because players respected Sean Payton. Yeah. Those teams under Sean Payton made a lot of mistakes. Sure. Um, but they also came up with wins. They gave a shit. Yeah. Those mistakes were forgivable because the Saints could actually pull out a victory every now and then. Yeah. This team tossed in the towel before the third or fourth game this season. It, it, it They just chicken shit offense after chicken shit offense. Like The decisions are so weak. He thought they were going to win the game like 10-3. to 3. It's just it, every week feels the same thing. They got shut out the week before, too. It, it is uh, my only takeaway that's a positive of this season is this should be the cold lotion that snaps ownership, that being including Mickey Loomis in that. All those guys snaps them out of the arrogance that makes them think, we're the Saints. We're really smart. Look how much we've won the last five years. We obviously know what we're doing. Let's just stay on the track. Keep mortgaging the future for the present. This is like, hey, dipshit, that's over. You suck as bad as all the other sucky teams that also suck. So you got to figure this out and you got to reboot everything because everything that you thought that this team was supposed to be. It is not. You walked in with a terrible quarterback situation. It bit you in the ass. And as that was do as that was happening, all of your players quit on your head coach. And it is uh, the defense still plays with pride because I think they have two great leaders on it, and that is probably not going to last much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is uh, embarrassing for the people at the top of the organization. It is so it exposes their arrogance in such a monumental way that i kind of enjoy it that it's like these guys didn't even do a coaching search they just hired a guy who we already know sucks at being a head coach we didn't know anything about any of the other coaches we knew that dennis allen sucked as a head coach you could have picked any of the other guys and be like hey why don't you try it you obviously have not been a head coach before, but at least we know you don't suck at it. <laughs> Be like if you're getting someone to, if you're giving your keys, you're drunk at the bar. You're like, I need someone to drive me home. It's like this guy's also had eleven drinks, <laughs> but I've seen him drive before, and he's okay at it. This guy's stone sober. Yeah, neither of us should be doing <laughs> yeah, this. But I've never seen him drive before. Neither of us should be doing this. It is. Uh, it's terrible, man. It was a horrible decision. It has really come back to bite them in a bad way. And I'm glad to know that this has been such a humiliating failure that they they have no choice but to confront it. And that was the fear. If they had won this game and kind of kept themselves in the fight all the way through the season, I think they could have tried to justify, you know, having you know playing for the present again next year mm-hmm. there's none of that that's all gone it felt like a relief to lose this game yeah. it was embarrassing it was our atlanta super bowl mm-hmm. i think it will be for a very long time to come it's a comeback game for tom brady and the bucks it's just yeah. all around embarrassing for the franchise yeah but it felt good to get it over with yes. and just have a definitive stamp that's it. 
This team stinks. Yeah. There's no question about it. Yeah. There's no need to question why Jameis is or isn't playing. I didn't really give a shit about Mark Ingram not getting the first down. Yeah, that pissed me off. He was hurt. He shouldn't have been playing. I think that's more on Dennis Allen sure. than on Mark Ingram. And what if he got it? I think the Saints still would have fucked up <laughs> and lost the game. Much harder to screw it up. I think that they could have pulled it out. <laughs> I believe in this team losing. He literally just had to take a slightly different angle. He still wouldn't have His gotten hit. His bones were crumbling. Whatever. <laughs> Stick the ball out in front. He doesn't. And then what? They win. And then they win. I agree. Ultimately, the best thing that happened was that, like when you went to bed that night. It was like <laughs> this is the best thing that could have happened because. The idea of this team stringing you along for three more weeks when you know it's not going to end with any level of fun. Yeah. Even if they made the playoffs, be like, oh, great. There's a home playoff game where you get to get your head kicked in by some team as Andy Dalton throws 11 pick yeah. sixes you know, in a playoff game. And you lose like Dan Marino did when he was dead on the field. <laughs> uh, You're going to lose by 42 to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how is this fun for anyone? Like, I don't enjoy this. Except for the team will like hang a banner and be like, we're great. What a great season. <laughs> Season it was. You guys remember December? It was awesome. We beat four dog shit teams and made the playoffs at, you know, whatever it is, eight and nine, or whatever they would have ended up going. Um, so, yeah, now it's over, and that's great. And I, I am still pissed at Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is a loser. He's always been a loser. And this was a great way to end his loser career. But remember the ski mask? I don't like him. I've never liked it. Remember when everyone didn't like him together? That's because he was uh, Alabama. Yeah. So like the yeah. first four years, he was like, he fumbled a lot and everybody, nobody really liked him and he was still playing and it was like, yeah, whatever. And then like, I, I guess it was like around when Kamara came, everybody started to like Ingram. Yeah. The airheads. The team was good. Yeah. And, uh, and I still didn't like him because every time he touched the ball, it was like, you should be giving the ball to Kamara. You should not be giving the ball to this guy. And uh, and then he, I think he fumbled. I think he basically lost the Buccaneers game in was that September um, on a fumble. And then he did that, which was like the dumbest. And at least he admitted it. Like he's like, yeah, I should have just gotten the first down. It doesn't matter how I feel. All he had to do was take the ball and switch hands. Well, first down. Yeah, I him and Kamara have always been competitive. And for this year, it's to see who can fumble more. <laughs> it's a close race. Unfortunately, Mark has to <laughs> bow out. Oh my God, he just—he's always made me like uneasy. I just think—I—I I, I think he does want to win, which makes it even worse. I think he tries hard. I think he's just bad. I think he's just kind of got a loser edge to him. Do you think it's like in Tommy Boy, like how he gets hyped up and then he crashes the vehicles <laughs> into each other and lights them on fire? He He's good and he means well and he tries really yeah. hard, but he winds up lighting everything on fire. <laughs> this is my sale. I love it and I <laughs> massage it. And then I rip it apart. <laughs> That's Mark Ingram. Yeah, that was a pretty good analogy. I think that's pretty much spot on, <laughs> Sandusky, Ohio. But the the Saints are over. Sundays are for what now? Uh, apple picking, uh, blueberries. I think the Pelicans actually play this Sunday, so that's they nice. do. Yeah, um, second but, game against the Suns. So what are there three games left? Four games left for the Saints. For the Saints? Uh, this it's a coming by week, yeah. and then three games after that, I believe. Oh God! Yeah, I know. I think I know they play the Falcons, and they have to play the Panthers again. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think they play the Eagles. Holy crap! Oh my God! <laughs> 
How many interceptions? How many Eagles? Is it here? There'll be one million Eagles fans here if it's here. Dude, it's going to be uh, Green Wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, that's it's no fun. Nobody's having fun with the Saints. Uh, I do think ultimately you'll look back and be like, that was a good it was a good thing to happen because it ensured that this process, you know, it, it catalyzed a lot of change, which ultimately is probably good. But in the moment was like the most monumentally frustrating thing I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, it'll you know, it'll feel weird cheering for the San Antonio Saints, but I think we'll. <laughs> Eventually, we'll all be there too. So. Your, yeah. <laughs> they should just become the Mandeville Saints, rebrand completely. Just yeah, put the stadium in Covington. I don't think anyone would notice. Four games left in the season: Falcons, Browns, Eagles, Panthers. Uh, Browns and Eagles are both away. Oh well, that's exciting. So, that Panthers yeah. game, uh, you will be able to get for the cost of circus peanuts. Oh yeah, I mean they're going to be like three and fourteen. Three and thirteen. Who's going to that game? My kids. <laughs> I was going to say prisoners on good behavior. <laughs> a lot of people under six will be at that game uh, and leaving because there won't be anybody from Carolina here either. For we should that. we should go to the Cleveland game. We do a Let's just podcast. see what happens. <laughs> I've been to Cleveland. It was weird. <laughs> I've been to Cleveland several times. I've always had fun. Cleveland has a weird energy. It man. does have a weird. Energy. It's like Albuquerque. Yeah. I think we go to this game. It's at noon on December 24th. Goodbye to... I'll be in New York City. I'll just take the train over. Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas. Uh, The only real Christmas present that we're getting this year is... uh, The Pelicans are very good. They are. So uh, let's spend more time talking about the good Pelicans. Because that... they won tonight. Uh, you know, most podcasts would lead with exactly what happened tonight, but we're not, not most podcasts. We, we open with closing time. <laughs> we go to misery. <laughs> we find the misery and we jump right into it. Uh, the Pelicans, though, they're good. As of right now, as we are recording, the Pelicans are tied for first place in the Western Conference. Uh, truly a different hero every night. Tonight was Najee Marshall stepped up. I mean, obviously Zion played great. Uh, Najee Marshall was spectacular, though. It feels like every game, a different person is emerging. You know, Jose Alvarado scored 38 points against the Nuggets on the in the win Sunday. It is, uh, it's fun. It's stirring. People are excited. They're just good, and they're winning, and it's like, it's just a good, fun, deep team. I don't know what else there is to say. It's fun in a unique way. Of course, it's fun to win games. Yes. But it, th- there's something very interesting. You want to watch these games because it is someone new every night tonight. Yes. It was Najee Marshall. Mm-hmm. Najee Marshall was the player of the game. He has made... You know, I, was, I was watching the game with my girlfriend, and she was like, who's Najee? Yeah. I was like, we watched him last season. Yeah. He would play four minutes a game. <laughs> And we'd go, get this clown out of here. This is somebody who I I think is making some of the smartest plays currently on the Pelicans. He's making a lot of heads-up plays. There was a a putback late in this Pistons game. The Pistons were hanging around. They were coming back. Momentum was on their side. And Najee Marshall hit some threes and and had one putback very late in the game and kind of sealed the deal. And And he had that steal and the alley-oop to Zion, too. That impossible alley-oop, <laughs> yeah. which Zion last year 
would not have made that alley-oop. They wouldn't have even alleyed it. Well, last year, he would have been somewhere in Oregon yeah. during <laughs> that alley-oop went out. And have thrown the ball very far uh, to get it there. It's fun to see. Nobody expects Jose Alvarado to get 38 points against Denver. No. Guys are stepping up, and that, that tells you that this is a cohesive team that's having fun that wants to win. Because if they weren't winning... We would be on here bitching about the injuries that yes. the Pelicans are having. The yes. Pelicans are depleted with injuries, yes. but no one's talking about that because they're winning. It is the only time that that has ever happened where the team, they are always injured. I cannot remember covering the Pelicans at any point where you didn't say like, man, they're really injured. I wonder what they'd be like if they were healthy. Because they're always hurt. Except I think the season with Van Gundy, they actually weren't all that injured. They just sucked. They just didn't want to play. Yeah, they (laughs) played hurt. Their feelings were hurt (laughs) the whole season because they hated their coach so much. Uh, But yeah, they're always hurt. And it's usually the excuse as to why they underachieve in the regular season, which they have underachieved in the regular season for like 10 straight years, including last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were a bad regular season team, and they kind of turned it on late enough to get in the play-in, but that team was good enough to be better, uh, obviously, because of what they did when they got in the play-in and in the playoffs. This team is the exact opposite. They seem to take the guys who are getting an opportunity when injuries are occurring – are stepping up and making the most of the chance. And it's just unheard of uh, around here. It really is. Dyson Daniels has had his moments. Larry Nance has had his moments. Devontae Graham has had his moments. Freaking Billy Hernan Gomez has had his moments. Yeah, Everybody seems to be finding a way. And look, it's not just that Brandon Ingram has the world's worst bruised toe, uh, which, you know, we've talked about Brandon Ingram's injury is, you know, We've made fun of Anthony Davis for a long time. Brandon Ingram's got a lot of the same shit Anthony Davis has when it comes to these injuries lasting a long time. Mm -hmm. But C.J. McCollum has flat out sucked uh, the last three games. He's been terrible, and it doesn't matter. They just keep winning. Yeah, He has been... C.J. McCollum tonight played 26 minutes, was 3 for 11, scored 8 points. The two games before that, he's played a total of like 60 minutes and scored... 15 points. CJ also had 12 points. CJ had four fouls tonight. He had a good steal at the end of the game. But other than that, CJ is sleepwalking out there in a game where he probably needed to step up since Jose left with a bruised hip. Yeah. I think, yeah, I was thinking rib contusion, as they said. Something like that. I think his contusion will not be quite as bad as Brandon Ingram's. I I don't think so. If I had to guess. Yeah, CJ, the last three games, CJ McCollum field goals two for 11, three for 11, three for 11. That's trash. That's trash. And this is on the heels of what we were talking about in a past tense of, oh, that was CJ's worst span of his career. Yeah. And now we've got another one. You know, there were a couple of okay games in between that. And now we're back on another tailspin for CJ. You know, this team kills shooters. Yeah. It it always has. (laughs) JJ Reddick came here to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But look, I'm not overly concerned about cj mccallum i think the point of it is to say that even when he's playing it doesn't like 
it, it's it's a different guy is filling that space. Right. You don't even need him to go off and score 25, 30 points. Like, you know, at some level, if he keeps playing terribly, their ceiling will go down and you'll start questioning that contract. I don't think we're there yet. Um, but look, what Zion Williamson is doing right now is not just all-star stuff, but MVP level stuff. I don't think he's going to get the MVP. Uh, but he is playing at a level that is enough to carry a team to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. And he's doing it with a bunch of guys who are like, you know, I'm not saying they're bad, but there's certainly no other team is doing it basically by themselves, maybe with the exception of Luka, but they're not even, they don't have nearly the record the Pelicans have. Right and Luka doesn't elevate the players around him not the really. way that Zion does. Yeah. And and Anthony Davis never elevated anybody. Anthony no. Davis had some MVP caliber seasons in New Orleans, mm-hmm. but it was just because he personally was so good. Yes. Zion is elevating. He is, you know, nearing triple doubles. Uh, he had... Ten rebounds tonight, five assists in that Nuggets game. I think he had like eight assists. A lot yeah. of these assists are going to Trey Murphy, yep. who has stepped up in the last five games. He's averaging almost 20 points a game. He is off the charts shooting percentage. Yeah. He's got like 95% free throw shooting. Yeah, and he like, never gets the line. He could shoot 10 more free throws a game. And free throws were really a problem for this game like for for this team closing out games in the mm-hmm. beginning of the season, Zion in particular couldn't hit free throws. The team was losing games because of free throws. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Tonight was not great, but the last five six games they have had an incredible free throw shooting percentage. Yeah, where the flaws in this team get addressed and they get fixed. Yeah, yeah, and look, that that is the markings of a really good regular season team mm-hmm. that you can do this night in night out. The playoffs are a different story. The playoffs, you need C.J. McCall to be better. You need Brandon Ingram to play. Uh, and and you're going to have to figure out, really the only question remaining in this season is, is the supporting cast good enough to carry you? One, is the supporting cast good enough to carry you to be a top two or three seed to where you get a favorable matchup in the first round? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to get these guys on the court enough as stars to really see if they can elevate where this team is from right now that they can compete at the highest levels. Because I don't think there's much of a question that this is a playoff team right now. The only question is, like, are they actual contenders? And it feels, it still doesn't feel right to say, to like put them in the category of a Phoenix, a Golden State, you know, a Milwaukee, right. Boston. Like, <laughs> it doesn't feel right to put them there yet, even though. They are winning at that kind of clip right now. But it's yeah. only because we just don't have an answer of when those stars are the stars able to elevate the whole team as a unit. Right now, it feels like they're just kind of picking and choosing. I don't think Najee Marshall is going to do that in game three of the Western Conference Finals. Right. You know, that is a different conversation. Yeah, and like Golden State. I don't know or care what their record is right now. No, nobody matter. nobody wants to play Golden State in the playoffs. No. They, no. I think they're like a 10 seed right now. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. matter. They don't care. The Pelicans are tied for first in the Western Conference. Yeah. That also doesn't matter, <laughs> no. but for the opposite reason. Yeah. But it is, uh, I think that like getting to that lofty perch of mm-hmm. number one, which, and then two games against Phoenix this weekend uh, should be really getting people's attention. I think the fact that you can get that top seed, 
really grabs people by the the you know the shirt and says like, "Hey, this team's really goddamn good. You want to you want to yeah. make time to watch this team." And I think that is important in a city like this. And I think the support has really grown. Place was not sold out tonight, but it was a good crowd for Wednesday against the Pistons, which is about as unattractive as it gets on yeah. the calendar. When you look at a, you know the season beforehand, it was the lower bowl was 80 90% full. Uh, there's people in the upper bowl. Like that's a game that a year ago there's 3000 people there. Yeah. And tonight it was full it was fullish and it was uh loud and people were into it and it was uh it's just a very different atmosphere around this team right now. Yeah, it it is. People want to go to games. Casual fans want to go to games. You know, yeah. this is something we talked about before like how do you get people to see this team? Mm-hmm. When the team is good, there's your answer. It doesn't matter if they have Star Wars Koozie Night or 99-cent Coca-Cola. This is a fun team to play. So grab your neighbor, grab your grandma, get some tickets, and head on down. It also helps. It feels like they're the most likable team I've ever seen. Definitely. not a single guy who you're like, yeah, that guy kind of seems like an asshole. That plays. Yeah, yeah, it was (laughs) Jackson's on the bench. But literally, like, they all just seem... They're just all very easy to root for. Absolutely. Like, how do you watch Dyson Daniels or Trey Murphy or Jose Alvarado and not come away, or Herb Jones, and not come away enjoying watching them? Yeah, you know? it's just, I mean, they're they're happy to be there, yeah. which in New Orleans sports, across the board, <laughs> is a special <laughs> thing to want to be there. Yeah, it is incredible, the juxtaposition of... Tulane and the Pelicans being on such a rise and such a, a fast, you know, ascent into, you know, from obscurity into relevancy, uh, where, you know, in less than a year, both of them just kind of totally changed everything. And meanwhile, the Saints are just languishing so badly. And it's a very odd thing to watch both. Yeah. Of, you know, and you're like, God, this team just fell apart and these guys just got their shit together. It just it does speak to how quickly things can change. It feels like you'll be bad forever, you'll be good forever, depending, you know, if, if there's been a trend, but it is uh things can change in a hurry and it is very either exciting or depressing depending on this position yeah and everybody's waiting for the pendulum to go the other way with the saints Mm -hmm. right now pelicans fans are relishing in it and i know i am yes it's definitely a fun time uh we will take a quick break we have a whole bunch of local news for you uh stick around right here polk and gush and Kush is brought to you by our sponsor, Crescent Canna, New Orleans-based cannabis company. From their potent and effective CBD products to their best-selling line of legal THC gummies, all Crescent Canna products are federally legal, lab-tested, and registered with the Louisiana Department of Health. For immediate targeted relief for pain and inflammation, try their CBD freeze roller and CBD recovery cream made with premium CBD and soothing ingredients like eucalyptus and menthol. Crescent Canna's extra strength topicals are some of the strongest and most effective CBD products you'll find anywhere. Saints legend Bobby Hebert loves them too. And as said, Crescent Canna's CBD products changed his life come on his life that's crazy he's had a good life this guy's a legend and he's saying the cbd freeze roller changed his life and you know what i believe it crescent canna was kind enough to send us a a a plethora of goodies and you know my body very well it's a wonderland and it sounds like a door at a haunted house (laughs) opening (laughs) 
whenever I stand up from the couch, whenever I move slightly, it sounds like people are karate chopping boards in half. My joints are effed up. I have, you know, years of MMA fighting, cage fighting (laughs) has wrecked my body. The CBD roller, no joke. I use it. I coat my body in this thing, (laughs) and I am transported to a magical wonderland. It's quite refreshing. Yeah. Because it's the eucalyptus. I think it's the eucalyptus. It When you put it on and then you go stand in front of a fan, it's the greatest part of my day. (laughs) Now, you don't have fans. You're an air conditioning man. I am. That's normal, folk. (laughs) I use the freeze roller all the time on my neck. It helps uh with my headaches i used to wake up in the morning and just have really bad headaches from like clenching my jaw and sleeping weird and all this shit that you do that you shouldn't be doing yeah cbd freeze roller rolls on quick it's easy it's not thick and gunky Mm -hmm. and it just feels very nice it's a refreshing treat that is actually good for your body yeah i walk around all day with two kids and a kid in each arm and another one clinging to my leg like herman munster i'm just stomping and (laughs) clomping my way through the house and when they finally get to bed and i'm able to enjoy a gummy or the roller for anything to make me feel better life is good and i can't thank our four friends at crescent canna enough now you can give the gift of instant relief to yourself or to loved ones with Crescent Canna's biggest CBD sale of the year. Get 50% off your order of CBD topicals at CrescentCanna.com with the code KUSH50, K-U-S-H-5-0. That's 50% off. Unbelievable. Uh, must have a CBD topical product in your cart for the discount to be applied. Uh, that is a wonderful offer from wonderful people over there at Crescent Canna. And Crescent Canna will ship anywhere in the country. The CBD products, the THC products. That is an upgrade in our original offer of the Kush. With the th- we've we've given you an extra twenty percent because you've earned it for the holidays. That's right. You had to watch several Saints games this year. You earned twenty more percent off from Crescent Canna. Yeah, they they are sending crates after crate of these things <laughs> over to the New Orleans Saints training facility. It's the only thing keeping Bobby Aber sane at this point. To I be think so. <laughs> they're dipping Mark Ingram in it like they're making a candle at Silver Dollar City. <laughs> He's like a bottle of Maker's Mark, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but we've got some local news for everybody. That's right, local roundup. It's It is you put Paris in a swamp and that's Nolan's in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> I am a big library man. I like going to the library. It's a fun place to hang out. Uh, everybody there is quiet, which is hard to find <laughs> in the parish. Uh, but not everybody is currently uh, jazzed about the library over in St. Tammany. Uh, the St. Tammany parish library system is at the center of fury over children's access to explicit material. Uh-oh. Uh, this story is from NOLA.com. 
What began as a handful of complaints this summer about an LGBT Pride Month display in several St. Tammany Parish public libraries has mushroomed into a full-blown crusade against what critics say is the intentional exposure of children to pornography and pedophilia (laughs) in the parish library system. I just don't believe anything like that. It's so crazy, the, like... How slippery the slope. But that's like everyone went crazy on Disney last year because they had like a lesbian in the Buzz Lightyear movie. For two seconds yeah, in I, a movie yeah. no one saw anyway. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, my kids will be scarred forever. It's like, what are you talking about? Do your kids watch Scooby Doo? <laughs> Velma has. <laughs> Do your kids watch Scooby Doo? Velma's been a lesbian since they've been invented. Yeah, it's. It, I just find it like when it, when it, what is the age that it's okay to see gay people on screen? Like, I'm you know they're not like you know nobody's having hardcore sex uh, in these things. Like, and I guess that's what they're saying is there's porn. I don't know how they're saying there's pedophilia. I don't even know what they're referring to, so I don't want to comment too much. Is when it's like you're Catholic priest and you, you know, like I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just find the the level at which. We are. Uh, we have a, a society that is so uh, eager to point at anything that says gay and be like, "Oh my God, can you believe they're doing this to our kids? They're turning the frogs gay." <laughs> it's like just because there are gay people doesn't mean they're telling you you have to be gay. It's crazy. You, you could have a you know your two year old could be in class with a gay family. Is that a is that pornography to you? Like is that some sort of it's just the whole thing is so stupid. It makes me kind of crazy. I mean, you could make the argument for anything. It's like, well, if you take your kids to a Pelicans game, they're going to think that they need to be 6'8 and black. <laughs> it's like, well, if they want to play for the Pelicans, <laughs> yeah. probably. But uh, St. Tammany lodged 61 complaints against 43 titles, with 14 of those filed after Monday's meeting about the books. People are saying they've uh, been heartbroken about what they've seen in the library. Shouldn't the children, should the, should the government be using tax dollars to expose your child to pornography? No, is yeah. the answer to that. And sure. also, they aren't. And also, <laughs> here's an argument that you hear a lot um, from one side or the other, and it's about monitoring what your children consume. Yeah. If you are a responsible parent, you can take your kids to the library. They have plenty of books that say bad words, mm-hmm. uh, explicit sexual situations between mm-hmm. man and woman, woman and woman, man and man. These books are on the shelves that can be read and checked out by anyone there's no r rating on books and i don't think that they would stop a child from checking out tropic of cancer or whatever sexually explicit book that they bring up there broke back mountain yeah yeah the novelization (laughs) of course the coloring book whatever they're going on about if you are an involved parent you know what your child is consuming so it's not really an issue is it also, the issue here is I saw the video of these people. It's not their children are 50 years old. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> are, they, are they upset about their 20 year old grandchildren going to the library? <laughs> also, all of those children have been given a phone <laughs> yeah. with access to the internet. Yes. With zero locking, parental lock, yes. whatever you do. The concept that we're going <clears> to <throat> turn people gay at the public library 
and not via, you know, explicit sexual porn that you can find in any corner of the internet on just go on Twitter and type in any word that <laughs> Look might at replies be, to you. Yeah, exactly. That might be construed <laughs> as something and you'll see something impossibly uh, you know, vulgar or whatever. It's just uh dude, people just they just want to protest and they just want to fight and they just think that if if they push hard enough it makes them a good person. Well they're just seeing like the libs of TikTok like account yes. and they see like a blue haired mentally ill person saying they identify as a dish soap. <laughs> and then they're like, well, that's everyone who thinks slightly different than me. Yeah. It's also like that. There's a whole thing of like, oh, well, he took their kids with the Colorado shooters. Like took their, they were at a drag show. It's like, they don't deserve to die for going to a drag show. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? I remember going to Lucky Chang's with my grandfather when I was like in fourth grade. And it was just like a fun thing because it was a, you know, they like drag queens were doing all stuff. And there was like whole movies about drag queens. Every, the the Birdcage was You remember like, Hairspray? Hairspray? That's a movie for kids. Yeah. I was like, there's a whole, th- like, uh, that was. Ursula from The Little Mermaid? <laughs> That's a drag queen. <laughs> It's just a, uh, it's really like, it feels like we've reverted backwards. And so it's like, it's because things went so far in one direction that we feel like we have to push the center further away from it now. And it's like, no, I also think the purple haired girl who, you know, considers themselves a chihuahua is not real and is bullshit, but you know, gay kid people can see gay people when they're six years old it's okay yeah i don't think they should be seeing them having sex but if they wanted to they could just pick up your phone and look it up yeah like but luckily there are people in this state looking out for us uh jeff landry oh good has launched a website uh where you can report groomer librarians i don't know if librarians are the ones that purchase books for the library i don't know how that goes (laughs) This is a website where you can put in your name, email, and then phone, and then just dis- it just says description. So you can say, I saw a book with a penis <laughs> at the Ruston, Louisiana Library. Can you please burn the library down? The single biggest pedophilia issue that ever happened in the history of the world happened from the most conservative, socially conservative people on planet Earth, with the Catholic Church priests. They are the ones who committed more pedophilia than anyone in the history of time, and then the Catholic Church covered it up. The, we're not looking at these people. We're only looking at the other side. We're only looking at the purple-haired people. They're the groomers now. <laughs> this is insane. We have no evidence that this is anything that's happening. It's like, hey, how about you talk to your priest? They're still arresting priests that did this shit in the last 20 years. It, come on. There is um, no guidelines for the submission form on here. So if you're... I don't know, a podcast host that's bored at his day job. You can just submit 50 (laughs) to 100 (laughs) descriptions with a name like Gordon Perm. (laughs) And your description could be something like, I saw a book at my library called The World's Biggest Dipshit. 
and it had Jeff Landry's face on it. Can you do anything about that? I read Tim Tebow's biography. I'm pretty sure I'm gay now. <laughs> what do you want me to do about this? So, groomers. The groomer thing is nuts yeah that's such a crazy thing to level as an accusation that we do constantly now the i i feel like most people that talk about groomers uh have been to a child beauty pageant (laughs) (laughs) Uh, dude it's not drag queens judging child beauty pageants it's people like the designing women if you were to ask who are the most socially conservative people in the country Mm -hmm. it would be Catholic priests would be way up the list. They were banging kids for generations. Yeah. Come on, guys. But luckily, they got that out of their system, and they're not doing it anymore. (laughs) Problem solved. Uh, Another story from NOLA.com. Chris Christie, you remember him, the big fatso from New York? Yeah. He was very funny on the Triumph the Insult comedy dog election special where they uh, brought in the steel reinforced toilet seat <laughs> for him to sit on when he like went to a diner to shake everybody's hands. Well, uh, his niece was kicked off a New Orleans uh, airplane and injured six deputies on her way out. Yikes. After getting forced off the airplane for asking passengers who appeared to her to be Latino. Oh, boy. Whether they were drug mules. <laughs> That's how you start a conversation on a flight. So, where are you, where are you headed to? What are you keistering today? <laughs> uh, she kicked and spit on Jefferson Parish Sheriff's deputies trying to detain her on Thanksgiving Day at the airport. Shannon Epstein, 25, boarded the Spirit Airlines. <laughs> and Epstein on an airline's never gone well. <laughs> uh, that's not great. Uh, I. That's a little rough that the headline is Chris Christie's niece. That's tough for him. I don't think you're responsible for your niece. No. Like, that's a tough. Like, you know, daughter, fine. Even, like, brother, sister, I kind of get it. Niece is like, I, you had nothing to do with raising that person yeah this should just say normal spirit airline passenger yeah ask people with a tan if they're smuggling cocaine it's i like that it says people she perceived to be latino yeah i know that's great it was just just like a chinese guy she's like i don't know where you're from it's just nice that this is a story about somebody from New Jersey and not yeah. Florida, they Alabama, Louisiana. Yeah. In the scuffle, she injured six deputies, biting one on the arm and breaking the skin, oh and God. kicking another in the groin. They were treated there by paramedics. Yeah, if she's from here, you'd have six dead officers from Jefferson <laughs> <laughs> She, uh, I, I think maybe the niece is part of it because while she was being uh, detained, she was uh, shouting at the deputies that they were going to lose their jobs or end up in jail, boasting that she was related to powerful people and that her uncle is a friend of Donald Trump. Uh, Chris Christie did not return messages left Friday at two phone numbers associated with him. I mean, what's he supposed to say? That's my brother. Rubble, daughter. rubble. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like a sandwich. <laughs> I'll he, talk to you if you bring me a sandwich. He's the subway Jared of politicians. <laughs> Not because of the 
says, speaking of. <laughs> yeah. Can we get off that? Oof. Oh, man. Anyway. That's rough for Chris Christie. That had to be an annoying morning. It was like, well, I'm Thanksgiving in the morning. She was on her way to dinner. Yeah. It's like, I'm in the headline? Yeah. Really? <laughs> it's like, I didn't have anything to do with this. This is just what you can expect leaving the New Orleans airport on any holiday. Yeah. I'm flying the day before uh, Christmas Eve. I'm planning on being detained at some point. It's going to be great. I, I am... I've upgraded uh, from Spirit. I'm flying Delta, so I'm really going to have to show my ass. (laughs) Good time to get back off the wagon. Yeah, I think we can figure it out. What else do we have here? Well, we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but Emmanuel Macron, the president of France, came to New Orleans, and Latoya took him around the city, showed him some potholes. That picture was hilarious. Was she showing him the pothole or guiding him around it? Because I heard different things. I don't know what that was all about, but I do find it hilarious. Be like, can you send me some money? I'd like to fix this. But, you know, we took all that money and we gave it to other people. Well, was she, was she even like explaining? She's probably like, now here's a New Orleans crawdad hole. <laughs> we make gumbo. In this There's big the voodoo pot. down there. That's a Cajun voice, everybody. Don't get mad. <laughs> the the Gambit had like a nice little story about how chaotic it was. I guess people are lining up in Jackson Square. She took him to the apartment, I guess. That's awesome. <laughs> Did she take him? I hope so. To the, what is it called? Penultimate suite? The, the Pentalba. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe she should have just let him stay there. I guess she would have had to take all of her bras off the draw, the, you know, the, <laughs> the clothesline across the shower. Uh, Where is he going in New Orleans? I mean. The Saint? <laughs> it's like he's gonna be real impressed by the french quarter real slice of butter yeah <laughs> yeah when he goes into like big wacky ned's daiquiri and jalapeno popper shack he's like yeah this is just like gay puri uh it truly very strange that he decided to come to new orleans on his trip into uh into the country i mean it's great i mean a happy that you know somebody cares enough to come see new orleans but uh very odd to me and very like mitch landrew was out there too yeah mitch landrew was like trying to like shake hands with people and we would shake his hand like i'm the actual mayor yeah (laughs) (laughs) and they're like oh no man like uh you know everybody hated you too but now that you're not here anymore we all like you because <laughs> the the previous person gets forgotten how much they suck. Like when people are like, oh, remember how good George W. Bush yeah. was? Like, no, you all hated him. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mitch Lander, that was hilarious. Like, what are you doing here, man? He he just he wanted to job. be in a photo. Yeah. What else does he have to do? He's <laughs> watching Judge Judy. <laughs> he's he's giving, he's in charge of infrastructure in America. I guess <laughs> they're like, well, if this is the blueprint. Yeah, <laughs> clearly <laughs> the country is going to be in great shape. I forgot that, which means he definitely <laughs> forgot that he is supposed to be doing that. I just can't really like. There is no immaculately nice part of town for him to go to. No. You take him to Jackson Square. Yeah, there's the statue in the cathedral, but then you've got like somebody stealing a catalytic converter (laughs) 
<laughs> off a police SUV, which is parked on the cobblestone, which it isn't supposed to be, next to somebody reading a tarot card for a drunk bachelor party. I was genuinely concerned someone in the motorcade was going to get shot on the interstate. Yeah. There's so many shootings on the interstate, it's bound to happen at some point that somebody important will get shot. I hope Tom York made it out okay. <laughs> he was in the Pope. He lost the other eye. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I, what do you think the next uh, president of a real country is going to come here? I think Zelensky could come here and be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> this feels like home. <laughs> home for the last eight months. Not before yeah. that. It was way nicer before that. Latoya will take him to Superior Steakhouse. She'll be like, you can get two martinis, not three. <laughs> I get to have all the martinis. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you all very, very much for being with us this week. We do love the show, and we love all of you. Uh, as always, please uh, rate us on Spotify and on Apple. Uh, send us an email, polkandkush uh, <laughs> polk at gmail.com. And, of course, subscribe. Subscribe, 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 so that you are going to get this into your feed every single week that we do this program. Please support Crescent Canna, support DraftKings, uh, and we've got a whole bunch of sponsors coming up at you in 2023. We love you all so very much. Thank you for listening and see you.